David, of course, all eyes are on potential rate rises for the Bank of England and the ECB. But the futures markets aren't pricing in a rise until the end of 2016. What do you make of this? I understand what Mark Carney's tried to do. And I understand the philosophy behind forward guidance, but I think it's mischievous and unhelpful because we've been having maybe, 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 as we did have with Janet Yellen last year, which culminated with a 25 basis point rise, symbolic in my opinion. But if we get very good non-farm payrolls, we're talking two days before they come out for the first week in January. And if they are 200,000 plus, I verily see Janet Yellen and the Federal Reserve putting up another 25 basis points at the end of March. But I don't think there's necessarily the same synergy with here in the UK because we have no inflation, 0.1%. How can you put interest rates up on that? We're just about getting the economy back on its feet. People have just about got more disposable income. And all of a sudden you jack up interest rates, but say it's only 25%. You don't mean to tell me that mortgage lenders are not going to add a little bit on for themselves. And if suddenly somebody's got 200 to 300 pounds disposable income, which they have no longer because they have to service their mortgage, then you've got retail that will be badly damaged. Retail is 60% of growth in this country. It's a very even balance. If you could tell me that we were going to get 5% salary growth in the course of 2016, then there's a very strong case for putting interest rates up. I don't believe it. So companies don't need to factor that in for this year? They do, because the Bank of England's talking it. But I think when at the end of the day it comes, it can't happen. And what impact from the recent US rise should companies be aware of? The idea of the fact is that we're going to have a prolonged period of dollar growth, is the dollar is too strong. And I'm afraid it's clattered emerging markets and everybody has access to emerging markets, whether it's either as a bondholder, whether it's as somebody to trade with and exports and imports, it is going to damage their economies. Uh, without any question, I'm afraid the United States of America has never done anything out of the kindness of its heart. And it is, it's always run an incredibly successful isolationist campaign, except for defence, where I think the world owes them a huge debt. So they ain't going to do us any favours. They've never done the UK any favours, particularly in the course of the last 10 years. So I don't see why they would do emerging markets any particular favours. So whilst they're on the course of some talk about, which absolutely amazes me, four interest rate hikes in the course of 2016, which would mean a full 1%. That means that the dollar will remain very, very strong, which I think will be to the detriment of emerging countries. Well, moving on to another recent change, and we saw Solvency 2 come into effect at the start of this year. And the FT have predicted that this will see a surge in M&A activity in the insurance sector. What sort of knock-on effect do you think this will have? I think the uh, regulatory authorities have a right to do this, and I think the solvency test is extremely important. But again, it puts extra charges on every company. And, you know, we did see towards the end of last year, and wasn't at the making of uh, Stephen Hester, the chief executive of the Royal Sun Alliance, who had um, you know, the Zurich Financial having a good look at them and decided at the end, funnily enough, that it was Zurich Financial's house that wasn't in order, not Royal Sun Alliance's, that that deal fell down. But I think when you look at all these types of companies, whether it's Legal in General, whether it's Royal Sun Alliance, whether it's some of the bigger ones like the Pru, Aviva, they will find add-on value in companies uh, that really make no sense running themselves on their own in the current climate because, as I say, the capital requirements and the requirements for solvency are going to be so great, it's not going to make their businesses run uh, on their own that exciting. So look out, all the big ones around there, whether it's Aviva, whether it's um, AXA, Prudential, Zurich Financial, Allianz, any of the huge ones as well as the ones in the UK, 
there will be brisk activity. Well, in fact, M&A activity is burgeoning across all sectors, but what are the main sectors and indeed companies you think we should be watching? Drugs. Love drugs. <laughs> uh, why? Because we're all living longer and we're all enjoying better health and people are recovering from cancer. All kinds of other ailments have got treatments. So obviously the big drug companies are looking for pipelines. We had disastrous outcomes to uh, Astra's uh, takeover by Pfizer, which I thought was ridiculous. At 55 quid a share, they should have thrown themselves at them, but Mr. Sorio was not having it, nor was Vince Cable, who was then the business secretary. I think they're wrong because you charge what the traffic will bear, and I don't believe in protectionism at all. It would have been good for everybody, but didn't happen. Then, of course, we had the Advi um, bid for Shah Pharmaceuticals, which President Obama stopped because it was a tax squeeze rather than you know, a synergy uh, business deal. But you will find that a lot of the little biotechs that are around, they'll be added to, and there will be lots and lots of businesses going through on that basis because, as I say, with margins narrowing and with obviously major drugs coming off patents over a period of three to five years, you've got to look for new ones. And that does make you very vulnerable. And therefore, I see the M&A activity syndrome in, in the drug and pharmaceutical sector as being very positive. Media, wake up Vodafone, uh, because you're behind the curve. Uh, you may be the biggest and largest motor mobile company, but people don't want that. They want the one-stop shop now. They want everything. They want all their television, their videos, everything that goes on, on their mobile, on their iPad. And I expect to see Vodafone involved, not necessarily with Liberty, but there'll be other deals. I think ITV is an absolute snip for somebody I think is brilliantly run. Whether it's somebody like ATT in the United States, I've no idea. But I just think it's a very exciting sector and I wouldn't want to be on, how can I put it, not involved. Well, finally, any other trends that companies really should be aware of moving forwards? Bookmakers. Um, you know, I think I'm very excited about the prospect of the merger between Coral and uh, Labrooks. And there again, you know, some of the budget airlines. I mean, I think Ryanair's had a cracking year. And one of the things that I think people want to give up least in their lives is their decent holidays, and even if they're short runs. <laughs>